Dancing, fighting, fucking crying, drinking, squirting, judging, ranting, camping, riding, thinking, scheming. This is the way, it's the way that we live. It's the way that we live. And I Hi, I'm Reese. And I'm Carly. And this is To Ellen Back Live. Unless you're listening to the podcast version of this later, in which case it is no longer live, but at one point it was live. And that's really where the frenetic energy you're hearing is coming from. Hi, Reese. Hi. Yeah, it's not from our personalities. Mm, No, it's the liveness. So once upon a time in December of 2008, some people gathered in uh, Vancouver, which is in Canada, Mm -hmm. Um, to film a pilot presentation for a program called The Farm. It was intended to be a spinoff of uh, The L Word. So all of season six was created in order to lead up to The Farm. Unfortunately, the video of The Farm doesn't exist anywhere. But people want it. Because if you search like The Farm, like L Word The Farm, L Word Spinoff The Farm, all you get is people being like, hey, does anyone have a video of L Word Spinoff The Farm? Um, And there's like no information at all whatsoever, even on like page 10 of Google. So... Guess what, Carly? What, Reese? We have it. (laughs) We have most of it. Yeah, we have most of it. Please explain how and why you have pieces of the pilot script to the farm. Oh, you know, I will I will say I don't recall. Um, (laughs) I don't recall, but somehow they are (laughs) they are on my computer. Sometimes when you buy a new computer, there's software installed. Mm -hmm. And sometimes Mm -hmm. when you buy a new computer, there's um L word spinoff pilot script pieces, like chunks of it just on the hard drive. Yeah. It's like numbers app, photo booth, the farm. Exactly. Um, Mm -hmm. So the L word series finale, episode 608 aired originally March 8th, 2009. Which was the day Autostraddle was born. The birth date of Autostraddle. Happy belated. Thank you. The filming of this pilot took place in December of 2008. So a few months prior to that. This, this pilot was shot. It was edited. It was turned into Showtime. <laughs> the show was immediately not picked up. So um, I, feel like, I feel like there's probably a reason why, and we're going to find out why today. Yeah. And we don't have the entire script because what we no. have are basically like, if you're an actor, like many of these people are, but I'm, I'm obviously not an actor, um, but I've seen them and I know some is that you audition for roles and they give you little pieces of the script so that you can read in your audition and that's how you become an actor and then you become a movie star or a TV star or whatever. Pretty much. Yeah. So what we have are a bunch of sides and we've cobbled them together to start to create a complete script. But we do have a few pages missing here and there. Um, So I have taken it upon myself to write down what I am pretty sure happened because the entire thing is just tropes. There's like nothing else. So it's not that hard to predict what happened. Exactly. This is the IMDb synopsis of the program. After being convicted of murder Jenny Schechter, Alice is incarcerated in California's Humboldt State Farm in prison for women. Arriving alongside Alice is Valentina Galindo, a seemingly humble, articulate woman, but beneath her gentle exterior lies a ruthless woman. She is feared by all, and thought to be the most dangerous woman in California, while only convicted for racketeering, drugs, and assault. Valentina is believed to be the Hitler of LA's underground, 
responsible for ordering countless murders. Valentina has many enemies who would offer a handsome reward for her head. Oh boy. I can't imagine why (laughs) this didn't make it. I really can't. Yeah. Yeah, me neither. Now, in a moment, we're going to introduce our incredible cast and we are going to actually read this thing. But first, um, wanted to talk about this pilot in a little more context in terms of the prison industrial complex. And to do that, I'm going to turn it over to Reese. Um, I'm going to talk about why we're donating all the money to the national bailout. So this pilot's really bad. I think we've said that a few times. It relies almost entirely on tropes and stereotypes. And it also presents prison as value neutral when in fact prisons are inhumane and should be abolished. The U.S. imprisons more people than any other country, 2.3 million people, and the criminal punishment system functions to oppress black people and other politically marginalized groups in the service of capitalism and white supremacy. So we are donating the profits from this uh, little reading to the National Bailout Collective, a Black-led and Black-centered collective of abolitionist organizers, lawyers, and activists, building a community-based movement to support people and end systems of pretrial detention and ultimately mass incarceration. They coordinate the Mama's Day bailouts and also provide fellowship and employment opportunities for those bailed out to support their growth and create a national community of leaders who have experienced incarceration. Just imagine if this show had happened for real. We would probably never have gotten Orange is the New Black and perhaps the entire landscape of television as we know it would be different. So to that brave executive at Showtime that said no, Mm-hmm. We thank you. And we are here to undo all of that work right now. Yeah, I have I have one more thing to add, which is I did find an article about the farm and the president of Showtime said that it would be an Oz for women and that it's not all lesbians like the L word. It's sort of a mixed group of female characters, some of whom are lesbians. It's not as dark as Oz. There have been a lot of female prison shows over the years that have been campy. This is not campy. Okay, wait, so it's not campy. It's like Oz, but no. it's not Oz. It's like the L word, but uh-huh. there's not as many lesbians. But there weren't even that uh-huh. many lesbians on the L word, if you really think about it. Okay, so. Right. Had this exec yeah. seen the L word? <sighs> I, I mean, guess there's no I way. Don't know. I don't no know what it's like to be an exec. Yeah. No, I don't either. I, and I don't want I'm to. I'm an exec, and I've had to watch all of the L word 17,000 times. Are you the one that greenlit the L word? Is that why we have it? Uh-huh. Sorry. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I was still an undergrad, but I was like, send Earthlings to the to the TVs. <laughs> All right. We're going to stop being the only voices you hear now. Um, it is time to introduce our incredible cast. Woo. First, in the role of a lifetime, playing <laughs> Alice Piazeki of the chart Piazeki, oh. Reese Bernard. Next up, we have two characters, Wade Dawson and LaShonda Taylor. Wade Dawson is described as mid-20s, cocky and handsome, on a strict diet of antipsychotics to combat her violent outbursts. So, you know, g- just good, good writing. Her internal struggle is enough to almost break your heart until you remember how easily she could break you. This is what went out in the casting call for this show, just <laughs> FYI. Uh, originally cast as Wade Dawson was uh, the actress Yolanda Ross. Playing the roles of Wade Dawson and LaShonda Taylor is the one, the only, Brittany Nichols. 
Hello. Thanks for inviting me to participate in this truly despicable piece of work that I am both incapable and uninterested in taking seriously. <laughs> and that is why we're all here. Just take this as non-seriously as possible. Uh, up next, Graciela Martinez. She is a known gang leader with a history of drugs, robbery, assault, you name it. Her compadres on the street, again, Eileen's words, not mine, might look up to her as a mother, but she reserves her true mothering instincts for her two young children at home whom she loves deeply and would do anything to protect. Please welcome to the stage, Annalisa Lopez. Hello. I'm so excited to be here with my compadres tonight. This yes. very eve. This, this, all the compadres. Up next, we have the character of Valentina Galindo. Uh, is a character of mythical proportions. If you recall earlier, she's the Hitler of L.A. Is that what we referred to her as? I mean, we don't really need to say much more than that, do we? She's a hardened <laughs> gangster who's ordered more murders than all her male counterparts put together. And that's something to strive for. Please welcome to the stage, Kelly Quinn. Hi, thank you. Very glad to be playing somebody. Um, I'm glad to be playing Hitler tonight. <laughs> This role was played by Famke Jansen, which was their big... That was their big get. Big get. Big get. Okay. Uh, next up, we have the, the warden, Margaret Elder, full of a deep-seated, perhaps ruthless ambition that has allowed her to excel in life and career far ahead of her peers and even her superiors. Bitingly sarcastic at times, she's a hard-ass, tough-as-nails woman, and by no means a feminist. Welcome to the stage, Laura Zach. <laughs> Oh, you forgot to read the part that talked about my nascent good looks and attractive figure. Oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> but I'm glad you brought it up. No Thanks for having me. This was originally cast as Laurie Metcalf, who is, in fact, iconic. <laughs> Next, the role of Sherry Silva is of a weathered prettiness, delicate and prepossessing, <laughs> the kind to make friends fast. Flirtatious, though she'd never admit it. How do you not admit? How do you know? Okay. Uh, and manipulative to the core. This was originally played by Sarah Strange, who played Jenny's college roommate, Annette, in that one, like, season one or two episode of The L Word. Back in college, do you have any idea how hard it was to get any sleep in a bed 10 feet away from you guys doing it? I mean, I was mildly disgusted by his bulging muscles and his little... Little grunts of pleasure. Oh. Oh. Oh, Jenny. Oh, Jenny. And tonight will be played by Drew Gregory. Hi, everyone. I'm flirtatious and I will admit it, so. <laughs> and that's how you got the part. Mm -hmm. You walked into that audition, you said, I'm admitting this. And we said, <laughs> you got it. Up next, we have CO Helen Miller, which CO stands for cor Corrections Officer, Correctional Officer. She works at the prison. Helen Miller works at the prison. Uh, she is seemingly no nonsense and undramatic, leaving her hard to read. She's sometimes affectless, is a woman of conscience who cares about things like justice, dignity, and humanity. She's willing to go against the status quo to set things right. <laughs> Originally played by Melissa Leo, who played Winnie in The L Word. Don't be intimidated by her. No. Do, because when it comes to my children, even Helena Peabody can't make me roll over and play dead. I will not beg for scraps, and all the money in the world is not going to keep me in my place. Tonight we'll be played by Fazia Mirza. Really uh, happy to be here and play uh, take a take a role from someone white. I feel very <laughs> excited about that. I like how excited everyone sounds 
to be here. I think that's the, the joy in everyone's voice is really why we're doing this. Um, and it's great. Yeah, it's a prison. It's a prison. I do have a question. It's, you said it was, it was supposed to be played by Melissa Leo. So this is a world in which the L word happened, but also didn't happen because that character would. Yeah. Yeah. Think what about the it. Fuck? Yeah. It's fucked up. About half the cast was in the original. Like once you get down to the smaller roles, it's all, it's all, it's all veterans of the original. Incredible. <laughs> then um, we have a character called Tootsie Freed, who is wiry and thin from a diet of drugs that have left her clingy and needy. <laughs> what? She may appear reticent and withdrawn in public, but she knows far more about who's who and what's up than you'd think. Sounds a little like Alice. I wonder if they're going to clash. <laughs> the characters of Tootsie Freed, Coco Medina, and Miss Otis are all being played by a really great person. And that person is Cerise Castle. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Came out of child actor retirement for this. I'm already regretting it. Yeah, but this was a big get for us to get you out of retirement. And for that, we are very proud. Um, And that is all the characters we have written out descriptions for. I will just read the rest. Um, Playing Michaela Ortiz and Chachi Gomez is El Sanchez. Hello, thank you for having me. I am also tired, but excited to be here. I put on lipstick. You're welcome. (laughs) You look great. Thank you. Love a bold lip for a live stream. Um, (laughs) Playing the roles of Mark Perry, Bendersky, Guards 1 and 2, and Transport Bus CEO is John Bellamy. Thanks for having me. I want to thank Reese and Carly for making the corrections officers people of color. Like, I just want to thank you for that (laughs) diversity in casting. (laughs) Thank you so much. Yeah, you know, we're we're doing the work. Um, then we exactly. have the characters of Josie Sudler and Alfredo to be played by Aaron Sullivan. Everyone, thank you for having me. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And Eileen Shaken should be ashamed of herself. <laughs> the actor who played Alfredo in The Farm was the guy who was in charge of the parent support group that Tina and Bet were in in season one and then like was Tina's boss at the like Center for Social Justice. Hey, Tina. Tina. Now's the time, you know, when something terrible happens and you feel yourself being sucked into that black pit of despair. It's time to get outside yourself and force yourself to do something for people who can't even tell you what despair is because it's all they've ever known. I'll be there all day tomorrow. Also, um, I, I believe... The, char- the uh, actress that played Tootsie Freed was Clipboard Girl. Oh, no, I'm really sorry, Dana. Only the people whose names are on this list get to go on the float. But they can watch you from the crowd. That'll be fun for them. Hmm? Well, <laughs> it's not like it's the HRC or the GLAD float or anything anyway. What? You heard me. Alice. Dana, if you'd like to ride on our float, we'd be happy to have you alone. Clipboard Girl. Last but not least, playing the characters of Claire Dean and recidivist Brittany Ashley. <laughs> Hi, my name is Claire Danes, and I'm reading for the role of Claire Dean. <laughs> um, I will be reading all of the stage direction and descriptions and all that garbage. And um, shall we mm-hmm. get into it? Without further ado, the To Ellen Back Live players present the farm pilot presentation. <laughs> Okay, we're at prison. 
Helen Miller enters as women are dragging their butts up from sofas and chairs and filing back to their cell blocks on the upper tiers for count. Amid the throng, Wade Dawson is inadvertently jostled by Chachi Gomez. Wade wheels around and punches Chachi in the stomach, then spies C.O. Miller entering and abruptly turns and starts toward her. C.O. Miller, I need your help. Please, can I talk to you? Chachi climbs back to her feet and comes after Wade. Miller bu- Miller body blocks her. Let it go, Chachi. Miller forcibly turns Chachi around and pushes her toward the Sherwood South cell block stairs. Get up to your room for count. After count, Wade, I'll be here. Now hurry up, back to the jungle. Wade sighs, barely able to contain her jumpy nerves, and also heads off towards Sherwood South, a.k.a. the jungle. Over in the booth, a glassed-in officer station right across from the park, Michaela Ortiz commandeers over a loudspeaker. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Everyone back to your units for count. Everybody to your units. Ortiz leans out the window of the booth and calls to C.O. Miller about to ascend the other stairs to Sherwood North. Helen, Helen, come here a second. (laughs) Miller turns, walks back to the booth, passes Tootsie Freed, listlessly straggling toward the stairs. Come on, Tootsie, get a move on. (laughs) Tootsie picks up the pace lightly and on the stairs catches up with Sherry Silva, shyly hands her a tiny bouquet. You know for what. (laughs) Sherry takes the flower, smiles lovingly at Tootsie. Happy anniversary, baby. (laughs) She looks over her shoulder to make sure they're not being watched by the COs, gives Tootsie a kiss. They continue up the stairs together as Miller joins Ortiz at the booth. Michaela, what's up with Wade Dawson? <laughs> they cut him. <laughs> they, they, I don't know what accent I should go for here. I'm not going to do a racist thing and hurt all my Latinx folks out here and do some kind of racist accent. So I'm, I guess I'll try some sort of weird New York thing. That's not supporting you. Supporting okay. you, Michaela. I'm sorry, I'm back. I'm back in. I'm not an actor. I should have said that in my intro. <laughs> they cut her from the hot meds list. What? That's crazy. <laughs> Dawson needs her meds. <laughs> Ortiz knows, but it's not her main concern. There are other more important things. So is it true about Valentina Galindo? Is what true? What have you heard? That we're getting her here at the farm because man... That would be... <laughs> Ortiz shakes her head ominously. That would be bad. Miller evinces nothing. No concern, no intrigue. She's not dismissive. She's merely undramatic and hard to read. I know there's a bus coming in this afternoon. Come on, let's go, pallets. Everyone to line up. Let's go. Miller strides to the bottom of the stairs and shouts out. Line up. We are on a highway somewhere mid-state. In voiceover, we hear C.O. Miller call out at the top of her capacious lungs. (laughs) 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 Usually jammed freeway is empty, save for a caravan of state police cars, four in front, four in back, and sandwiched in between them a single big blue bus. Uh, intercutting at the jail, close on face after face as inmates stand, lining the cell blocks outside of their cubicles, calling out their state-issued numbers. In Sherwood North, we find LaShonda Taylor. L-59298. 
Sherry Silva winds out her number. D31689. Tootsie Freed with absolutely no effect. Um, Over in Sherwood South, we meet Graciela Martinez. E46-2392. Nearby, Wade Dawson mumbles fast and low. (laughs) (laughs) So this, what I'm about to read is uh, what Reese thinks happens in the pages that are missing here. Now that all of our main characters have introduced themselves directly to the camera because the L word prefers to deliver information directly to the viewers, we jump briefly forward in an ambiguous time-space continuum to another prison show mainstay, The Support Group. This one led by well-meaning and oft-thwarted prison psychologist Claire Dean. Hi, Claire Dean. Claire Dean. (laughs) Is centered upon mothers, thus enabling our characters with children to not only have the chance to introduce themselves, but also the names and ages of their children. It seems LaShonda has been asked to say to the group what she might say to her daughter, and Claire Dean is doing her best to extract an emotional response from her because that makes great television. Sure does. Mama is what? How old is Jackie? Because your mama's in prison, okay? I'm in fucking prison. What the fuck am I supposed to do? Mm. Yeah. Claire Dean realizes. <laughs> Wait, is that really her? Claire Danes realizes this has gone as far as it can go. Okay, good. That's better, Lashonda. At least it's honest. Let's move on to Graciela. Graciela slides her chair forward. She is sincere, nearly overbrimming with effort and intention. My little ones are Eva, nine, and her little brother Marco is six years old. Tomorrow will be the first time I've seen them since the two years I've been here. That is wonderful, Graciela. I know you're very, very excited to see them. And who's bringing them? My mama. I live with her and she looks after them, but she works full time and it's an overnight trip to come all the way here. And expensive. My brother Alfredo is lending me the money. I'm going to pay him back. Graciela goes a little dark on that last moment. Some of the other women give her looks, but Claire Danes doesn't notice. Well, it's well worth it, isn't it? Now, what do you imagine is going to happen when you first see your children, Graciela? She closes her eyes momentarily to picture it. Close your eyes if you need to. (laughs) I'm going to hug them and kiss them and tell them I love them over and over and over and over. All right, we're out in the yard. Miller and C.O. Perry exit the building, their walkies crackling with reports of the arrival of the bus. Graciela and her posse, including handsome stud Josie Sudler, arm around Graciela, huddle against the fence, intense and predatory. There's a bus arriving. You girls need to be inside your units. The girls turn to see the CEOs approaching. The others flinch, but Graciela obdurately doesn't move. (laughs) Okay, Eileen. Graciela. Theo Miller. Don't do this, Graciela. What am I doing? I'm not doing anything. Give me a second. How do you know she's even on this bus? You've worked really hard to get your kids up here. Are you sure you want to fuck it up with only one day to go? Momentarily, Graciela fixes Miller with her most defiant stare. Then she yanks her arm away and with just a nod to her girls starts inside. The girls fall in step after her. Miller turns relieved and continues on with Perry. (sighs) What's with that? Aren't they part of the same gang? The monarchs are factionalized. Graciela's faction seem to think Valentina Galindo set up Marco Salazar. Oh my God. Perry rolls his eyes. Great. Just what we need. We are now at the loading bay. Transport bus pulls up to a lethally electrified gate off the main administration <laughs> building. The gate opens. The bus, flanked by two police vehicles, rolls through. 
we see Miller and Perry join a small complement of other correctional officers standing in a line in front of the building. Between them and the bus stands a row of heavily armed guards. They pose as the bus pulls to a stop. The bus doors open in unison. The guards draw their weapons. Seems unnecessary. From inside the bus, we hear a cacophony of loud catcalls and all manner of profanity. Someone inside the bus shouts above the din. The noise subsides minimally as we go inside the bus. Clearly, this is not the same bus we saw earlier. With the one lone woman guarded by six armed guards. This bus is teeming with women, late teens to 50s, predominantly black and Hispanic, but women of every race and ethnicity, each one handcuffed to the person next to her. All are wearing the now rumpled clothes in which they were arrested and clutching a small sack full of her worldly possessions. On your feet. We're getting off the bus now, and you're all going to stay in an orderly line. The women haul their wretched, sweaty asses up from their seat. Like, what? That I just feel like that's unnecessary. We pull back as they begin to file off the bus. Now, here once again is what Reese thinks happened in some missing pages. The women file out of the bus, somehow both handcuffed to each other and holding bags of their earthly possessions, perhaps in a Whole Foods bag, like Shane, who can say, according to an intrepid L Word fan from Vancouver in 2008, who literally spied on the actual filming of this episode and reported back to a fan blog at the time, there is a part here where Alice trips and falls and chaos ensues. Regardless, the women now move from the outdoors to the indoors for yet another famed and beloved prison trope, everybody getting booked and getting naked. You may recall this from the short film, Helena Peabody Goes to Prison, which aired in season five. Alice is finally at the front of this line and ready for some cavity searching. The dogs sniff at their private parts. I mean, just give this a penny. Once a woman has been sniffed, she's told to stand up. Bendersky, wearing rubber gloves, barks at Alice. Open your mouth. Bendersky uses a tongue depressor to check around her gums and under her tongue, shining a flashlight to see inside. As the CO with the dog is searching the girl handcuffed to Alice, CO Miller starts her stump speech. You should know that anyone caught trying to smuggle anything in here, drugs, weapons, Candy. You can buy your candy from commissary once you're processed in. The dog starts to bark, loud and fierce, baring its teeth millimeters from the girl's crotch. Two other female CEOs rush forward. One gets the woman in a hold. The other shines a flashlight. So bad. (sighs) Per crotch and using a pair of tongs, reaches inside and flashes out a bag full of crack. She walks the bag over to the counter and deposits it on a tray. As the girl's handcuffs are released and she is shoved against a wall, Morden Margaret Elder enters with a clipboard. So now we have a new clipboard person and addresses the new inmates. Anyone caught trying to smuggle any contraband onto these premises will be sent directly to Perkins Hall to the hole. The rest of you will now be photographed and given your ID numbers. You'll answer some physical and mental health questions and then you'll go directly to the showers where you'll be doused for lice and crabs. And after that, you'll be escorted to your housing units. Hello, ladies. I'm Warden Elder. You can call me Warden. You can call me Dr. Elder. I'll call you anything I damn please. Consider yourselves lucky you you landed here at Humboldt Farm. There are far worse places you could have gone. And considering the things most of you have done, you belong in them. For as long as you're here, you'll be expected to abide by our rules. You each will receive a handbook laying out those rules. 
I suggest you read it and commit it to memory. If you're unable to read it, get one of your cellmates to read it to you. If your cellmates can't read either, use your common sense and ask questions when you have them. But don't ask too many questions or it'll get on our nerves. Are there any questions? <laughs> Coco, young, brash, and street speaks up. <laughs> yeah. How do you decide who gets in, you know, uh, what housing unit? Elder scans the woman until she finds Coco. She assesses. Why, dear? Do you have a preference for one unit over another? Yeah, I want to be with my girls, Lourdes and Gracie in the jungles. <laughs> Elder nods as if taking in the information. And uh, what's your name? Coco Medina, straight up. Uh. <laughs> Coco, Coco Mara Medina. Co Miller. It says here that Coco Medina is scheduled to reside in uh, Sherwood South. I believe that's the housing unit the inmates refer to as the jungle. Yes, it is. Have Medina transferred to Sherwood North to one of the ugly beds in the eight tanker. She'll have to trade places with uh, Piazzetti. This is not a luxury hotel, ladies. You don't get to choose your room. You don't get to change if you're not happy with the accommodations. You go where we tell you to go and you do what we tell you to do and you try to stay out of trouble and convince us that you actually have some intention of reforming yourselves. Next counts at 4 p.m. Lockdown tonight at 6.30. Welcome to Humboldt Farm. Elder turns and exits. An older inmate, probably a recidivist, looks at Coco and mutters. Is she daft or what? Alice looks around. What just happened? Bendersky shouts out to restore order. No talking. Grab your towels. We're going to the showers. Miller and Perry release the women from their handcuffs. Bendersky shoves a gray, brittle towel at each of them and marches them, still naked, out of the processing center. We are now in an area called the park. The monarch girls, except for Graciela, are gathered around Chachi at the computer. Chachi is reading to them from a post she just received on a website, babesbehindbars.com. And tragically, we don't have the next two pages, but thank God Reese is here. Chachi Gomez, a character Reese feels driven to inform us, was played by a blonde white model actress in the actual pilot presentation for The Farm, reads correspondence from her pen pal boyfriend, a man who is likely not who he says he is, or else she's using him for nefarious purposes, or who knows, whatever it is, the monarch ladies find it titillating or compelling in some manner. Who can say, and on the other hand, who would care? Because the Alice pages seem to be the ones most often missing from the script, I suspect one of these two pages involves Alice. Perhaps Alice is led to the showers with her gray brittle towel, and perhaps she makes some haha spoiled Hollywood girl fish out of water remarks, like asking about getting better water pressure, softer towels, or where the travel shampoo is, stuff like that. Your general run-of-the-mill Piper Kerman things. Then we've likely got more CO chatter regarding Wade being taken off her meds, or perhaps Wade not showing up for work detail because... In a corridor. Wade Dawson is tucked in a corner, holding a girl's head in her crotch while she... Finger fucks another girl, howling wildly. Clearly self-medicating. Carly, <laughs> <laughs> that's not how you self-medicate? I thought that was how everybody self-medicated. I read this three times just trying to figure out the logistics of the orientation in a room. <laughs> it's also all run-on sentences, yeah. so good luck. I haven't stopped thinking about it. <laughs> Ammo, a small energetic ball of fire... Like, but just picture this as not a person, just an actual like fireball. Um, comes tearing down the corridor, banging a cup against the cell doors, a warning system that there's a CO approaching. The two girls Wade is doing try to run. Wade hangs onto them and doesn't let go. <laughs> Don't stop now, bitches! 
Wade finally comes explosively seconds before Theo <laughs> before Theo Miller appears. She extracts her fingers, and the two girls duck out of sight. Wade gives Miller a wet peace sign. Oh, wow. <laughs> how you doing, Theo Miller? Wade, you missed your work detail. Me, you stupid fuck, Wade. Oh. <laughs> Theo Miller gets Wade in a hold as she's about to bang her head against the wall and uses all of her strength to stop her. Come with me, Wade. I want to talk to you. Wade drops to her knees in front of Theo Miller, holding onto her waist, sobbing. Please don't put me in the hole, Theo Miller. Please, I beg you. Come with me to your room. Miller holds on tight to Wade, leads her down the corridor into cell 17 a dormitory style cubicle with 10 to 12 beds partitioned off a small sink and a toilet right out in the open at the one end of the room miller walks wade in right now most of the inmates are elsewhere there's one girl lying on her cot at the far end of the room staring at the ceiling (laughs) another girl also lying on a cot reading a tabloid magazine it's grim it's overcrowded there are few personal touches other than a few photos taped to the bed frames wade paces bouncing off the walls wade i want to help you get through this but you're gonna have to work with me I'll be fine. I just need my medicine. I swear. I'm doing what I can, but I need you to show up for your job and you need to stop acting out, Wade. Or Wade, sit down. I can't sit down. Wade! <laughs> With every ounce of self-control in her body, Wade stops moving for a brief moment. Miller puts her hands on her shoulders, fixes her with a look. You're lucky it was me coming down the corridor just now and not C.O. Perry. Do you understand what would have happened if it had been fuck C.O. Perry? Damn, what did I do to you? (laughs) (laughs) On that, C.O. Perry magically appears in the cell door, Alice at his side. He stares at Wade and Miller. Miller nods to Wade to sit down on the bed. Wade sucks in her breath, uses every ounce of restraint to comply. Miller finds her eyes again. I want you to stay here. I want you to sit tight. I want you to try really hard with everything you've got. Do you understand me? I know you can do it. I believe in you. Miller turns. (laughs) She stops in the doorway and addresses Perry, also in an intense whisper. And you leave her alone. You leave her alone. Please, I just talked her down. Perry juts his jaw, resentful but exceeding. Miller exits. Perry pushes Alice into the cell. There's a drawer for your things, toilets in the corner, paper bag dinners tonight, and lockdowns in an hour and a half. Welcome home. He indicates a cot in the same cube as Wade, just two feet away from her. Alice looks at Wade, looks back at Perry, frightened. Is that? Perry turns and walks out, pretty much smirking to himself. Alice turns to Wade. Hi, I'm Alice. (laughs) Wade stares through Alice, deadly. Fuckwad. That damn fucking fuckwad asshole. She slams her fist into the bed above her. Now we are in the phone room area, a glassed-in area off the park across from the booth. There are three wall-mounted payphones inside, and as always, a long line sneaking through the park of inmates waiting to use them. Graciela Martinez, nervous and excited, is having her turn. We hear only her side of the conversation. Be sure to address them up warm, Ma. It's going to be cold on that bus at three in the morning. Did you set an alarm? Set two, okay? Just in case one of them doesn't work. I know, Ma. But your bus doesn't get in until 11.30, and I'm afraid if you go to the motel first, you won't get here in time. We only get 30 minutes. I want every second with my babies. What does he want? Okay, put him on. Hey, Fredo, what's up? I don't want to do that, Fredo. It's too risky for me. It could... 
let's not talk about it now. It's not cool. They listen in on these phone calls, okay? Back in Alice's cell, she is alone, lying on her bed, reading her manual, a soggy sandwich from her paper bag dinner, barely eaten beside her, when Graciela bursts in with Josie, Chachi, and Lourdes. We need some privacy. Graciela plops down on her bed, Josie next to her, studly and proprietary. The other two fall in, turn, and look at Alice. Hi, I'm Alice. I think we're going to be... <laughs> That's the bitch who stole Coco's bed. <laughs> too real too good you're welcome good graciela gives alice a dagger-like stare i said we need privacy alice gets up clasps her manual and exits the cell josie closes the door chachi spots the soggy sandwich on the bed i guess she's not gonna eat that She grabs the sandwich and wolfs it down. Graciela addresses her troops grimly. The club decided they want us to deal in here. It's an order, supposedly from Marco directly. How are we supposed to do that? It's impossible to get shit in here. Shit gets in. Benny was fat today and out of her fucking mind, which is something I don't ever want to see any of you when you're dealing. Baby, you know us better than that. Josie leans in and kisses Graciela. They make out demonstratively, heedless (laughs) of everyone around them. (laughs) Uh, later in the evening, C.O. Perry is in the booth, and he's cranky as he hands Sherry Silva a roll of toilet paper. He rolls out the runs 24-7. I'm way under limit on toilet paper, Perry. Check my ration. Alice walks up behind Sherry and waves for Perry's attention. Hi, excuse me. I'm wondering, is there um, any way I can get something else to eat? What the fuck do you want to take out menu? Um, sure, but does anyone deliver to... From the look on his face, Alice realizes he was being sarcastic. Sherry follows the exchange. Um, I'm starving. Didn't you get dinner? Well, I'm kind of a vegetarian, so the spam, it was a spam sandwich. Are you really a vegetarian? Alice turns and looks at Sherry. Well, well, yeah, I mean, I was, I was in the early stages of becoming one, uh, but... So am I. My name is Sherry. <laughs> I'm Alice. I have some mung bean cake in my room. I grow the mung beans here in the garden. I use crushed grapes to sweeten and I bake it in the sun. Come on. I heard they put you in the jungle. That's not right. Yeah, I don't really know how that happened. What do you mean you heard? Word spreads fast around here. Everybody's in everybody else's business. And you're kind of a celebrity. I am? Sherry smiles at her with such adoration that Alice actually blushes. (sighs) I'm so not. I mean, I was on the look for like 20 seconds. Alice has followed Sherry up the stairs and onto the landing that leads into Sherwood Forest. She looks around, notes the relative cleanliness, quiet and civility. What's the look? The look. It's it's a morning talk show with a buzzer. Alice jumps back, clutches her heart. Today's episode is brought to you by Feels. Hey, Reese, do you experience stress, anxiety, trouble sleeping, or chronic pain at least once a week? I experience all of those things every day. Well, you're not alone. Many of us out there, especially queer folks, experience these things all the time. I personally struggle with endometriosis and anxiety and occasional insomnia, and it's a never-ending journey trying to find products that will soothe my pain. It's true. I also struggle with insomnia and anxiety and fibromyalgia, and I'm constantly searching for new products to help with pain management. 
But you know what does work? Feels. That's right. Feels is premium CBD delivered directly to your doorstep. It naturally helps reduce stress, anxiety, pain, and sleeplessness. I used it the other day because I couldn't sleep and it totally helped me get get my uh, tight 14 hours in. <laughs> tight 14? It's a tight 14. I have found it to be really helpful with the pain that I experienced from fibro, which happens a lot when I'm really stressed out or when I haven't slept. Um, and CBD is really great for that and feels was wonderful. You just put a few drops of feels under your tongue and you feel the difference within minutes. As someone who's tried many things for pain management, it doesn't get much easier than this. Yeah, it's like delivered to your house. I mean, that's pretty convenient. Mm -hmm. Feels also offers real human support. If you're new to CBD, Feels offers a free CBD hotline and text message support to help guide your personal experience. Finding the dosage that works for you is important, and they're here to help. I have to say, the most confusing thing for me personally in my journey with CBD has been trying to figure out the right dosage. So this this is very helpful. Yeah, you never really know. No. (laughs) You don't know until you try, and then sometimes it's too Yeah, and you don't want to, like, mess up. Yeah. Right. But Feels works naturally to help you feel better. There's no high hangover or addiction. So you can join us and the Feels community to get Feels delivered to your door every month, and you'll save money on every order, and you can pause or cancel at any time. Feels has us feeling our best every day, and it can help you, too. Become a member today by going to feels.com slash to Ellen back and you'll get 50% off your first Whoa. order with free shipping. That's half off. That's and free half shipping. Off. That's F E A L S dot com slash to L and back T O L A N D B A C K to become a member and get 50% automatically taken off your first order with free shipping. Feels.com slash to Ellen back. Woo. And you'll get a really cute package yeah, right packaging at your door. Is super cute. And then you'll feel better. It's with super feels. cute packaging. Feel better. Get it? Get it? You guys get it? I got it. It's pretty good. That was good. We are now missing the next two pages. Here's what Reese wrote. What does the buzzer mean? I'll tell you what it might mean. Bedtime for bonzos. Everybody's got to let go of their mung bean cake dreams. Or maybe Alice does get some bean cake before going cross town back to the jungle and maybe has a bite of it and is like, man, I would pay two mil for a pair of polenta tart right now. Now Alice will have to lie on her bed and ask herself, what did I do to deserve this when everybody knows it's Boozy's fault for not finishing the railing? Or perhaps the buzzer also intends to relegate the inmates back to their quarters because Famke Jansen is on the set, pulling up in her special prison bus for very dangerous crime lords and exiting the bus where she will now deem to speak to the CEOs who are tasked with her accommodations. Her voice is striking, smoothly authoritative, and even soothing, her tone firm, but not in the least irritable or rebellious. That was one sentence. With difficulty, (laughs) she lifts her arms and makes an adjustment to her neck shackle. Okay, I'm ready. (laughs) (laughs) The guards start forward. Valentina keeps in step with them, clearly in pain, but not showing it. Three guards stand sentry while the fourth releases Galindo from her shackles. Perry waits until she is unencumbered. Undress for a cavity check. I said, take off all your clothes for a cavity check. You speak English? I want a woman. There are no female CEOs (laughs) on duty tonight. I need to process you in. It's against the law to force me to undress in front of men. They are all going to have to leave, and I want a woman to search me. I like that this is clearly Marina. (laughs) This is Marina. Perry Size mutters to himself as he walks to a desk phone. Bitch, I don't know where you get off being so picky. Perry here. Do you have any female CEOs on duty right now? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. When's Ortiz get in? 
45 fucking minutes. You're just going to have to get naked, boo. I'll wait. <laughs> uh, C.O. Miller is following Warden Elder around her office as the warden sprays and dusts her collection of glass animal figurines <laughs> as if getting ready for an important visitor. The bottom line is we were ordered by the governor's office to cut the Farmo budget by two-thirds. There's a whole controversy brewing over the cost of providing psychotropics to inmates. Wade Dawson was on antipsychotics. It doesn't matter, Helen. We can't make one rule for Wade Dawson and a different rule for the rest of the population. We can and should if taking Wade off her meds endangers the rest of the population. Look, what I want to do with Dawson is get her into therapy with Claire, one-on-one counseling. <laughs> no, for God's sake, that's not going to help Wade Dawson. Excuse me. I'm, 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 I'm sorry. I, I, this is my inmate grievance hour, Helen, and I have a session with another grievant right now. This one's an actual inmate. She opens the door for Miller to take her exit. As she does, Valentina Galindo enters. She and Miller check one another out for a brief but potent moment. Elder closes the door and sits down at her desk. She's authoritative and it directs Valentina to the low seat opposite her, designed to put others at a disadvantage. Thank you for seeing me. (laughs) (laughs) I try to see every new inmate with a grievance. You get one chance, so I hope it's a good one. Valentina nods, fixes Elder with her straightforward gaze. You have no cause to keep me in isolation, Warden Elder. Isolation is punishment for misconduct. I haven't violated any of your rules of misconduct. It's up to our discretion how we house you, Valentina. I would have to challenge that. You have some discretion, but not to punish me arbitrarily. We have you in Perkins for your own safety. That's nonsense. I insist on being treated like all the other women here. I'm no more or less safe than any. Marco Salazar put out an order to have you killed. And here at the farm, we have quite a few of your former comadres. Elder says it, trying to sound like an insider. Alas, the Spanish doesn't exactly flow from her lips. By my comadres, you mean abeja reinas, the women who call themselves queen bee monarchs? The two lock eyes in a standoff. (sighs) I know you claim... I don't care what you think of me, Warden Elder. I've said I'm not a member of the Monarchs or of any other gang. A jury and a judge chose not to believe me. I don't have the heart left to try to convince anyone else right now. But the women here at Humboldt Farm, whatever their affiliations, they are my sisters. And I trust once we get to know one another, there will be no violence among us. (laughs) That's just naive. I give you my word. Elder laughs derisive. Galindo flashes anger for the first time. I understand you come from the men's prison system, Warden Elder. You've been here at the farm for six months? Five and a half. Let me tell you something about women, Dr. Elder, because you seem to me to be very steeped in the culture of men. Women are not like men. Women are relational. We need contact. We need relationships. You'll find that women are responsive to kindness and to genuine communication. Try those before you try force or punishment. But much more than men, we need human contact. We get crazy without it. Depriving us of it is the most cruel and unusual form of punishment you could inflict. I, for one, would rather be dead. (laughs) 
Next day at the Visitor's Center, a glassed-in dining hall with about 25 round tables. There are signs posted around the room. Only two hugs per visit, one to say hello and one to say goodbye. Visiting is already in progress. Most of the tables are full, some with one-on-one visits and some with families. At some tables, inmates sit alone, waiting for their visitors to be ushered in. A guard escorts Graciela to a table. She is nervous, her usual bravado not in evidence. She notices there are only three chairs. Excuse me. I'll be having three visitors. My mother and my two children, my two children, Eva and Marco, will be here today. So just grab another chair. She sits. She waits. She looks around the room. A few tables away, LaShonda is just greeting her visitors. A woman, most likely her sister, accompanied by nine-year-old Jackie. LaShonda squeals when she sees her daughter. Jackie runs and jumps into her mama's arms. And LaShonda spins her around and covers her with kisses. Graciela allows herself a little smile at their joyful reunion. Uh, later, Sherry walks Alice across the room, prepping her for a meeting. Call her Miss Otis. She has a lot of influence around here. If she likes you, she can help get you moved into Sherwood Forest. That would be amazing, because at least one of my cellmates seems really crazy to me, and I'm afraid she might... Ma, this is her, the one I was talking to you about. Her name is Alice. Alice is suddenly face-to-face with Miss Otis. Fearsome, formidable, massively overweight, uses a wheelchair... Miss Otis looks Alice up and down, appraising. They got you in the jungle. <laughs> it's not right, Ma. She doesn't belong there. She had a talk show, Ma, on television. She nods, weighing the information. Mm, I don't know where we'd put you. Uh, maybe with Tootsie and Sherry. Yes, please. Sherry looks pleased. Tootsie, not so much. Alice looks relieved. Back in the visitor center, a young man crosses accompanied by a guard. Graciela stands as Alfredo arrives at her table. No food or drinks. No exchanges of money or goods. No cigarettes. You may be searched at the end of your visit. You have 30 minutes. (laughs) The guard walks away. Graciela stares at Alfredo. What are you doing here, Fredo? Can I sit down? (laughs) Graciela plots back in her seat, anger and fear mounting. Where's Mama? Where are Marco and Eva? Something came up and they couldn't come today. If everything goes good, they'll come up next time. What do you mean? What came up? Where are my babies? Are my babies okay? Alfredo talks quietly, looking over his shoulder, well aware he could be overheard. There's something very important we need you to do. It's an honor for our family that you're chosen. And I assured the council you're up for it. What is it? Valentina Galindo. Graciela looks around, hisses back under her breath. Fuck you. (laughs) I thought you wanted to see your kids. She's not even here, Alfredo. She's not at the farm. She's here, Graci. They got her in protective custody. And if you're with us, if you care at all about Marco Salazar. I named my child after Marco Salazar. I could be out of here in nine years, Fredo. That would mean I even have a chance to be part of a little of my son's childhood. You don't get to see your kids for nine years, Graciela. You won't be no part of their lives, and you won't have no one to come home to. A hard look passes between them. Uh, Later, C.O. Miller is talking to C.O. Ortiz, who is manning the booth. You can't do round the clock, Michaela. You're gonna burn out, especially the night shift in Perkins. Ah, here comes Wade. Patter down the loading bay, stacking boxes. <laughs> Not even a joke. Can you watch her for a second while I go hook up a basketball game? 
busting my ass, keeping her busy. Yeah. Ortiz nods. Yes. Okay. As C.O. Miller exits to the yard, Ortiz is besieged at the window. C.O. Ortiz, do you have a spare toothpaste? I miss commissary. You'll have to borrow one. Hang on, Janklo. Stop banging on the window. <laughs> we see Wade crossing the park. Yo, Wade. It's Graciela calling her. Wade turns innocently. Graciela steps away from her posse as Wade crosses towards her. How you doing, Wade? Graciela steps right up to Wade, talks quietly. Not thinking about setting anybody on fire with a blowtorch? Like maybe your poor sweet mama? You freak. Wade explodes! Dives for Graciela and tackles her to the ground and starts swinging wild, flailing, bone-shattering blows. The alarm bellows and CEOs descend on the bloody combatants. CEO Miller is the last to arrive. She sighs as Wade and Graciela are heaved against the wall, their faces bleeding against the tile. Oh, someone's gonna have to clean the tile. <laughs> Later that night, in the corridor... C.O. Ortiz, wearing rubber gloves and a surgical mask, pushes a wheeling cart piled with food trays down the smoke-stained corridor. There is a constant din of shouting, crying, cursing, and moaning from behind the locked cell doors. Ortiz, where you been? Ortiz, I need to talk to you. Where's C.O. Miller? Yo, help me, Ortiz. I'm sick, starving, dying in here. Gotta take a shit. Stopping at each cell door, Ortiz bends down and slides a tray through the cuff port, taking pains to drop it carefully so dinner doesn't spill all over the floor. Sometimes she calls inside. Sandoval, dinner's here. <laughs> Graciela paces in her green smock in her cell. She's trying to be tough, but segregation is driving her nuts. She slams her fists on the wall, groans, throws herself down on the mattress, howls. My babies, I want to see my babies. She starts sobbing, loud, wailing, heartbreaking sobs, the kind where you just let loose and let grief overwhelm you. After several long minutes, she stops hyperventilating. Her head is still spinning when a voice echoes out, thin and ethereal, from the heating grate in the bottom of one wall. How long has it been since you've seen your babies? Graciela is too beside herself to even wonder who was talking to her. She starts <laughs> to cry again as she tries to answer. <laughs> Two and a half years. That's inhuman and inhumane. I need to see them. They need to see you. How old are they? Eva is nine and Marco is six. Your children need to see you. Tell me your name and where you live and I will get Eva and Marco here on the next business day. Got it, got it, got it. Uh, Graciela, how can you do that? Well, I have a network. We arrange visits for children to see their mothers in prison. It's women helping women. We don't rely on men because men have different priorities. They've used us and let us down too many times. And we don't rely on social services because the system treats us like we're garbage. I would do anything to see my children. They're my only personality trait. Tell me what I have to do. <laughs> you will see them, Graciela. And you don't have to do anything. Not for me or anyone else. It's your right. Graciela lies back on her mattress, instinctively trusting, soothed by the voice and the words. Thank you. I don't know how to thank you. Get some sleep now. I know when I cry like that, I become exhausted. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Graciela lies in silence for a moment. Then suddenly she realizes she sits up abruptly. Who are you? Who am I talking to? <laughs> when out in the corridor, they hear an ungodly yell like a war cry. Ah! <laughs> 
What if that's what a person sounded like? Ah. <laughs> uh, okay, now we have a bunch of scenes cut together in her cell. Valentina jumps up from the heating grate and runs to the door, stands on her tiptoes to look out through the one small window. In Graciela's cell, she does the same. The cry is joined by another. This one a scream, a desperate scream for help. In Wade's cell, Co Ortiz is on the floor by another cell, her arm through the cuff port, having just deposited a tray inside. The inmate inside the cell has grabbed hold of her arm and is pulling her towards the door, and that was Wade's cell. And then Co Perry is walking down the corridor, shouting out, and that's where the script ends. <laughs> shouting out what? Shouting out what? <laughs> <laughs> it was a 20 minute I think it was a 20 minute pilot so there can't be that many more pages mm. that we're missing they tried to it do this in a half minutes? hour yeah wait was was this going to be a half hour show or was it just like a pilot like was it, the it was pilot just a half hour pilot yeah the sides say that it's a pilot presentation so I don't know if the intended version of it was an hour long or not hmm so this is either half of the script or um, 90% of the script. Either way like is that. I think of it as 90%. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do we have any still from the pilot? Oh, I don't think we have anything. No, I found two pictures of Famke Jansen walking um, out of her trailer in Vancouver. Let's pop that up here. In her, in her, <laughs> in her, in her normal clothes. That's all, I, that's all I have. So that was that was really special. That was really special. Yeah, I you guys, wow! I can't believe so this much. wasn't picked up to series. <laughs> yeah, that's too bad. I would say that well, if we were to do it again, we should all do the British accent. <laughs> I think. That was so genius that I wanted to steal it midway, but it would have been so obvious I was stealing someone else's idea. I don't think that's you could steal that. <laughs> and to be fair, I stole it from the person in the comments who said, do a British accent. <laughs> and I was like, oh, <laughs> you want to hear my British accent? Okay. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> so, it is really good. I don't know if I'm you really caught my, I, I don't know if you caught that I switched to a really spot on Australian. <laughs> Oh, I was going to say, I thought it was Australian. Okay. So. Oh, yeah. It, glad I caught that correctly. You got it. Oh, exactly. Like, yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Um, I don't have the the YouTube live thing open. Are there any comments? There's some really good stuff. Somebody suggested that probably at the end of the episode, Alice starts podcasting from prison. <laughs> <laughs> that seems possible. You all didn't know that. She yeah. started the podcast in your hustle. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um. Good job, a video Alice. podcast. <laughs> Carly, for scene 27, where they say shouting, crying, cursing, and moaning. I wish that you had sung that to the L word theme yeah. song. Oh. Damn it. Oh, yeah. Not too late. That was, done. That's a real missed opportunity. <laughs> that's what the theme song yeah. for the farm was going to be. Just <laughs> sad words. <laughs> Screaming, wailing, crying, sleeping. Yeah. Little cutouts of everybody in, in and, like but prison. Still fucking. Yeah. yeah. <gasps> Shiloh. Oh, great. Look at Shiloh. Oh, wow. Shiloh made it to the farm. (laughs) (laughs) It's the wrong kind of farm. It's usually bad when someone says a dog has gone to the farm. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's never a good, that's never a good thing. That's never a good thing. Um, We did it. We read we read it. We read the thing. We did the thing. Thank you, everybody. 
Round of what applause. What great actress. What incredible talents we had here today what, on our what podcast. What incredible what, script writing on yes. display Yay. today. Yes. Can I just can I just what? say that I feel uh, very honored to be a part of this and um, I uh, it felt like I feel like I really I have done audition tapes and if if any of you notice that you don't know who I am that's because <laughs> I've never gotten any part that I've ever tried before. <laughs> have you tried it with the British but, accent? Just switch. Back. I know this is because I always get the you know they'll be like oh this person is like a a really butch like li- like ambiguously Latino uh, person and then they'll give me I had a script that I did for like some H- gay HBO show I didn't get on and they wanted me to be like, oh, that guy makes my burrito bowls at Chipotle. No. And they like were annoyed no. that I wasn't doing a good like Latino accent. And they're like, no, like, come on. you." Go- and so I just kept being like, and I look, I have the tape now and I, and I actually am wearing a tomboy femme shirt in the, t- in the tape from Autostyle. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, that guy makes my burrito bowls. And I just kept getting mad. I, anyway, I'm not an actor. So Latino let me thank you. Famously love to go to Chipotle. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. And that they know the people that make their bowls, you know, like, and always would recognize yeah we have some comments um congratulating l on that incredible accent and also thanking cerise for coming out of child acting retirement and i would like to echo both of those both of those comments from our esteemed commenters um because yeah cerise your use of costumes and background changes was inspired thank you thank you i will be accepting my emmy uh tonight (laughs) <laughs> oh wow amazing so oh my god congratulate yeah, that's huge. incredible yeah that's, that's so huge, huge. usually yeah. there's a lengthy voting period but not not today no, no it's pride month they put three straight yeah. through to the finals yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just. yes i also want to point out that this is how we kicked off pride month so Yay. yeah happy pride everyone great job to Big all day of us today. Uh, <laughs> we have a request to quickly discuss the um gen q trailer but I haven't seen it yet. So I have not seen it yet. Uh, I have seen it. I have. I have seen it. Yeah. Yeah. A few the, times. The, Do we want to take two minutes? Quick, quick two on the trailer. Yeah. The auto straddle TV team Slack was really, was really having a good time today. Um, trying to analyze whose hands were where good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We love breaking news at autostraddle.com when. Yeah. Australia.com, the best website for all of your breaking news related to the Elbert Generation Q. It's good to know that, like, no matter how much I resent Eileen Shaken and Marta Lewis Ryan and the Elbert <laughs> franchise, I still am capable of getting horny when I watch people make out. That is what I learned from the trailer. Yeah, there's a lot of like hands. There were legs that we thought were a back and then we thought mm-hmm. were arms and then we realized were legs. Mm-hmm. There's still, there's one thing I wasn't sure if it was a thigh or a butt. And there's lots, there's hands, hands, hands everywhere. And even more hands because we started digging up old pictures of their hands to compare to the new hands in the trailer because that is my job. Also, I'm going to make the choice when I watch this next season of Gen Q that um, it is canon that Alice killed Jenny. Like, I'm just going to, I'm just going (laughs) to assume that to be the case. Alice killed Jenny. Uh, we're going to assume that right after this pilot, um, she used like her privilege to somehow like 
pretend that she was framed, but in real life, she was actually the one who did it. And and we're just gonna mm-hmm. live in that world. I'm fine with that. Cause I don't think that like Jed Q Alice was like in prison for murder for years, but I do think she killed Jenny Schechter. I still think Bette killed Jenny Schechter, but that's just me. It is more likely. I still think she's alive. That's the best. <laughs> I agree, Reese. So she's writing in France right now. With yeah, Claude. In the south, south of France, a popular location for inspiration. <laughs> um, I have a spoiler about Gen Q, and I'm going to say it now. <gasps> spoiler alert. Um, Robin Rummer does not make an appearance in Gen Q season two. So if anybody was looking for a continuation, I know, I know. So if anybody was, yeah, if anyone was looking for more of the storyline of Christina, the reporter photographer from the LA Times, um, her storyline does is not picked up in season two. I'm very sad Damn to report. Shame. Wow. Yeah, that's terrible. It was pretty terrible. upsetting. Yeah, it is yeah. pretty upsetting. I wonder if they're going to answer to that. No, they're not. All right. Okay, everyone, say who you are and your where people can follow you on social. I will just assign every uh, Drew for your first. Oh, okay. Um, my socials are draw underscore Gregory, my name in the present tense, uh, on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok. So um, find me there. <laughs> Very popular. Thanks. Rising um, TikTok. Aaron star. Sullivan. Uh, I'm Aaron Sullivan. My Twitter handle is at Sullivan. S U L L I V E M. And my Instagram is active underscore senior underscore. Find me there. John. Uh, I'm John. I'm currently experiencing my Saturn return. So keep me in your prayers. Um, you can find me <laughs> on Instagram. Me too. Like it's <laughs> early 90s kids are going through it, fam. This fucking late 20s shit is hard. Um, but you can find me on Instagram at, at John Bucci. So yeah. Claire Danes. Uh, yeah, um, I'm Claire Danes and you can catch me on Homeland. <laughs> Claire Danes, I didn't know Homeland was still on. Yeah, it is. Season eight. <laughs> <laughs> are you still are you still really into jazz or whatever was happening in the yeah, first season? Yeah, and my meds, they've leveled out now. Um, <laughs> yeah. Thank God. Every, everything's good yeah. now. It's a really chill season. That's so great. That's, That's so great. Awesome. I really wish we had more time to interview Claire Danes, but I we're going to move know, on. Such what a, what a get. <laughs> Uh, Emmy Award winner Cerise Castle you're up next thank you thank you thank you uh, you can find me on Twitter at Cerise Castle and I'm on Instagram at your majesty Kelly Quinn I'm on all platforms at hey KQ thank you for having me tonight you're welcome L uh, I okay oh this is supposed to be quick okay hi I'm L and my you can find me on um i'm 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 almost 40 so you can find me on facebook um <laughs> i have a facebook fan page <laughs> if you want to go i'm a comedian not an actor um but you can find me there i think it's just l sanchez like comedian or something really sad or you can find me on um instagram at i believe it's l sancho via via like v-i-l-l-a um and you can just Google L Sanchez comedian. <laughs> I think my website's still under my birth name, um, which I can say, which is so, listen, just whatever. You don't have to follow me. You, if, but yes, you thank you. <laughs> but yes, please do, because it obviously gives me an ego boost to think that I have fans. I got recognized at Trader Joe's the other day and it's made my month. 
So wow, that's incredible. I love that. I Thanks. I love that. I recognize you. You're El Sanchez on this <laughs> Zoom. Thank you. Uh, Fazia. Um, you can follow me at, um, at the Foz on Twitter and Instagram if you want. But honestly, I think everybody should follow El Sanchez on Facebook. <laughs> That's where I'm going uh, right now. I'm going to go there right now. Um, because to me, Facebook is a place. Because maybe El Sanchez and I are in the same demographic. You know what I'm saying? Age. Whatever. <laughs> Laura. Um, I can be found at Laura Zach on Instagram or Twitter at La underscore Wa. And I'm going to, I got off Facebook, but I'm going to reboot that shit to follow <laughs> El Sanchez. <laughs> or I don't think it's follow on there. I think it's like. Friend? Friend? I'm not sure. Oh, we're going to We're going to follow. No, we're going to follow. Oh, it's going to be real. <laughs> um, Annalisa. <laughs> Um, you can find me on Twitter at Anna Loca, L-O-C-A underscore. They didn't use Loca enough in this script if they were trying to make people speak bad English. That was an easy option available to them. Um, and my Instagram is Anna Loca with two A's. Honestly, moment of vulnerability. I was bummed my most recent Instagram post didn't get 200 likes. So if 15 of you want to go and just <laughs> tap that heart. Let's do it. I'm going there right now. And last, but certainly not least, B. Hi, my name is Brittany Nichols. You can follow me at B is hilarious. I want to say that I I already I already liked your thank your you for your support. <laughs> thank you for your support, Reese. True fan. Reese's auto win. Auto straddle is at auto straddle to Ellen Back. This show is at to Ellen Back, and I am at Carlytron on all things. Um. So now everyone's gonna say their L word. <gasps> We're all, everyone turn on your mics. We are all going to say our L words all at the exact same time to end this on a very chaotic note. Two of us have to get the same one. The numbers are better than ever. It's it's more like. I know, I know. It's never happened. It has, it's going to happen today. I'm sure of it. I don't have an L word, of course, in true me fashion. Okay. La, 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 on la. the count of three. Ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. One, two, three. Delusions. Great. Okay, I said Labradoodle. <laughs> I said Looney Tunes. I said Liquid. So, I said. I said Lizard. I said luxury. <laughs> I started by saying something that started with an L, but I went la disillusioned. <laughs> 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 I said llama, but I wanted to say loco, but then I rethought it. <laughs> I misunderstood the assignment. <laughs> I was learning because I thought we were supposed to do a verb. Can we redo it? I said lunging. No. All right. I cannot redo it. Lunging. Thank Verbs you all for joining <laughs> <laughs> I just want to thank everyone for being here tonight in this Chili's. Uh, yeah. I, feel I feel God. God. Going going tonight. I feel God. Yeah. Um, thank you to everyone watching and listening. Thank you to everyone yeah, who was a so part much. of this. Thanks to everyone um, who donated. Is, yeah, thank you so much for donating. That is so awesome. We raised a whole bunch of money, and I'm really, really, really thrilled about that for the national bailout. Um, yeah, just thank every, thank you all for just uh, participating in how mm-hmm. completely ridiculous this was. Um, it was really, really silly and uh, a horrible script, but everyone did a great job, and I think that's yeah the most important thing. Yeah, Vampy Jansen has nothing on 
you guys, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> or right. Jenny's roommate from season one. Or clipboard Love girl. Thank you. Clipboard girl. <laughs> clipboard girl is iconic though. Um, all right. Thank you. And um, bye. 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 Abolish police. Abolish prisons. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>